0: My name is Joel Renner, and I want to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment on this video as you watch it so more people can see this teaching. Hey, Home Group, this is Rick Renner. It's Friday night, and we're going to have a good time tonight as we wrap up our series on Foundations of Faith, but I'm here with the illustrious Sister Denise Brenner. Hey, sweetheart.
1: (laughs) Hi, Rick. And home group, welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. Friday night. You've been with us all week. You know. We we so love you.
0: Denise, I've been married about 40 years. Yes. Isn't that amazing?
1: Honey, it is.
0: I can still see us. In the church, at the altar, First Baptist Church, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Me Me standing there with Dr. Bennett looking at you as you came down the aisle. And
1: you had on a white suit.
0: I did, and I washed your feet as part of our wedding ceremony. And
1: I sang to you.
0: And we made a commitment that we would serve Jesus in any way that he ever requested, go anywhere he ever said to go. We just didn't know he was going to really ask us to go somewhere. You know, it's so easy (laughs) to say you'll obey the Lord and do anything, when he's never asked you to do anything.
1: It's when he asks you to do something that that word becomes a challenge.
0: But you know what? Sometimes people say, well, I'm afraid if I obey what the Lord's telling me to do, it's going to cause my kids to miss out and to suffer. Hey, just put that away. A walk of faith never hurts your kids or your grandkids. Look at our
1: sons. No.
0: Speak multiple languages. They have world experience they would have never had if they had grown up in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and they grew up in the Book of Acts. I mean, we have lived in the Book of Acts. Our kids missed nothing. I remember when they were young, somebody said, do you miss all your electronics? And said to the boys, do you miss going to movies and malls? They said, no, none of that's interesting to us. Compared to what we have, that's just not even interesting. And I believe that we demonstrated a life of faith to our sons, and today they're walking in faith. Anyway, it's been a great ride. We're just getting started. And I want to encourage you to do whatever the Lord tells you to do. And by the way, if you need prayer, again, please write us prayer at runner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593.
1: And if you are our partner... Oh, thank you so much for being a partner with us.
0: And tonight is the last night that we're offering you the free download of Foundations of Faith. Denise, should people get this?
1: I sure should, because it's like a meal. It's like a meal. You just open it up, and there it is, 1 Timothy 4.14, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands. We talked about laying on of the hands. No, wait,
0: they can read that in their Bibles. They don't need that. So why are you, what are you saying?
1: Because of, well, what you say about it. I mean, here it is. God wants you to know the the fundamentals and continue to grow. And then you say most believers want to go higher in their knowledge of God, which is healthy, normal, desire. And it just makes you think about it. It makes you take it in deeper.
0: It will really help them do what we've been talking about in these programs. So it's free, and we want you to have it. And we also have a series, Foundations of Faith 10 Part. And tonight is the last night that we're offering it as a special. It is just loaded with insights that will take you to the next level. So order it. And this week, today is the last day. We're offering you my book called 10 Guidelines to help you achieve your long-awaited promotion. This is a wonderful, wonderful book. Many pastors have it. We require every new person who works in our ministry to read this. They can't come to work till they read this because there's so much in this book that explains what God expects of us. If we ever want to be promoted by the Lord, our job, or if we're ever looking to promote somebody else, we need to know what God says about promotion. It's all right here. It will be really good for you. It'd be great to give to a young person. But are you ready to return to where we were last night? I am. Got your Bible open, Sister
1: Renner? I have my Bible
0: open. Oh, we're so glad you're with us. Thank you for being with us, home group. But let's go to James chapter 1 again. Now, before we go to James chapter 1, I ended last night by talking about the word disciple. And the word disciple is the Greek word methetes. When you understand that word, it will tell you who you are and who you're not. First of all, in the word disciple, we hear the word discipline, which means in order for you to be a disciple, there's a discipline to it. But the word methetes, disciple, was used to describe all kinds of disciples. That was not a word just to describe the 12 disciples. No, 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 no. It was used all over the world to describe a disciple of anybody. There were philosophers who had disciples. There were historians who had disciples. There were religious leaders who had disciples. There were all kinds of rabbis that had their own group of disciples. Jesus was really a masterful teacher, and he had 12 disciples. But the word disciples, the Greek word methetes, Describes one who has agreed to surrender lock, stock, and barrel to the voice of his teacher. So you couldn't even be called a disciple unless you had absolute surrender. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's a big deal. I'll do whatever he says to do, go wherever he says to go, make any change without a question, 100% obedience. That was required to be qualified to be called a disciple. Furthermore, if you were a disciple, you understood it was your job to help your teacher do whatever he needed to be done. And it could be translated as the word committed professional learner. There were 12 learners. they weren't just 12 disciples. So when the Bible says that they were Jesus' disciples, these were men who sold out lock, stock, and barrel. Maybe why that's why there was only 12. I'm sure there were not a lot that would have been willing to do they
1: that. They all gave up something.
0: They all gave up their professions. They
1: absolutely did. Matthew was a uh, a, a lawyer,
0: tax collector. tax
1: collector. He gave that up. It says Jesus came by and he just dropped everything and followed him.
0: Peter had a big fishing business. And furthermore, to show you how much they were submitted to Jesus, they never called him Jesus. There is not a single record mm. in the four gospels that those disciples ever called Jesus by his name. They called him Lord. Lord. And the word Lord is the word kurios, which means absolute master with total authority in my life. Every time they said Lord, every time they said Lord, it was an acknowledgment of surrender and a willingness to obey anything that he said. And as their Lord, he didn't even have to explain why he wanted them to do something. didn't matter. If he said do it, if they were really disciples, They did it whether they understood or not or whether or not he ever gave an explanation. Isn't that something, Denise?
1: It's obedience.
0: You know, so many times as Christians we say, well, Lord, I just have to understand that. No, you don't. No, you don't. If he gives you an explanation, oh, that's great. If he doesn't, it's okay. There have been many things the Lord has told us to do and never told us why. He is not obligated to tell us why. But we are obligated to say yes if we call him Lord. And when you got saved, the first thing you said was Jesus is Lord. Lord. That's how you got saved. So when you called Jesus Lord, I don't know if people explained it to you or not. This is really what you were agreeing to. Anyway, when you are a real disciple, you're not just a hearer of the word. You're also a doer of the word not enough to hear. You've got to be a doer. And in James 1.21, I'm sorry, verse 22, it says, be you doers of the word and not hearers only. Now we covered this last night. The word doer is a translation of the word poieo. It's where you get the word poem, poet. It describes marvelous creativity. Same word used in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 where the Bible says that we were created marvelously in Christ Jesus when we got saved, the word poema, which means when we got saved, God put forth his most powerful creative juices to make us new. We're his masterpiece, every one of us. It's creative. But now James says, if you can't conveniently find a way to do what you know you need to do, then get creative. Put your brain to work. And if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, He'll show you a way to do everything. And it's the doing of the Word that releases power. It's not the hearing. The hearing changes nothing. And last night I gave my testimony, I'm going to give it again, that, oh, I guess about four years ago, I'd gained so much weight. I knew it was wrong. I even knew what I needed to change. Having knowledge changes nothing. I was a hearer only. I read, I listened, Denise talked to me. I made no change whatsoever. Hearing changes nothing. Knowledge alone is helpful, but it doesn't necessarily change anything. It's when you put it to action, the results begin to take place. And when I begin to put everything to actions, when the weight begin to drop off of me, and I've lost about one hundred and ten pounds in these years. Praise the name of Jesus. But it says, "Be ye doers, get busy, find a way to do the word of God, and not hearers only." <clears throat> the Greek word "ekrates," Denise, what does it mean? Hearers only. It means one who pe- audit. Audit's a class. Did you ever audit a class when you were in college?
1: I did.
0: Me too, Denise. Why did we even do that? Such a waste of time. You don't even get credit for it. I did. Me too. And that's what you find here. It's a waste of time. You just audit the Bible. You audit church. You go, you listen. Why are you there? You're auditing it because you like to be there, your friends are there, think that you ought to go there. And by the way, that's good that you're there. But if you walk out of there and you don't do anything with what you've heard, you're just an auditor. It's kind of a waste of time. People who audit a course don't get any credit for it. You don't get credit till you take the test until you put it into action. And James in this verse is saying there's two categories of Christians. There are doers and there are auditors. Isn't that the truth.
1: Well, yes, and you don't have a serious attitude at all about what you're auditing. You're just there. Eh, I know this. I hear this. It's not going to have any effect on me, but, you know, I'm here.
0: Or let me think how I many Christians say, oh, I know a lot. Oh, yes, I know that. Oh, yes, I know. Oh, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, I know that. They don't do it. No credit. Waste of time. Anyway, he goes on. He says, deceiving your own selves. <clears throat> Wait. Then look at the next verse. He says, verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. When he says, if any be a hearer of the word, it's the same word, acroetes. For if any is just an auditor who's attending but has no intention to do it or to ever get credit for it. If any is just a hearer of the word, just hanging out, but not serious, not really a disciple. If he's just hanging out, auditing the course, never going to get credit for it, and not a doer, the doer is the serious one. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. The word glass is the Greek word for a hand mirror. Well, mirrors back in those days were very, very expensive because they didn't have glass, even though this is translated glass. It was highly polished metal. Now, there were table mirrors, but my goodness, that was really serious because they were expensive. Most people had hand mirrors and they called hand mirrors, because you held them, and they were about the size of the hand. Well, this verse says, If any man is just an auditor, he's listening, 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 but not a doer, he's like a man beholding, gazing, at his natural face in a hand mirror. Natural face, in Greek says, the face that he was born with. All right, let's just be real honest. When you get up in the morning, been sleeping all night, you go into your bathroom, you look into your mirror, whether you're a man or a woman, what do you see in the mirror? You see the face you were born with. And usually your face needs a little order. If you're a man need to shave, your hair might be messed up. Even me, my hair gets messed up in the back. When I look at the face that I'm born with every morning, it needs attention. You know why women wear makeup? Because the face they were born with needs order. Let me tell you a little secret. The word cosmetics. It's a Greek word cosmos. It describes order. It describes something that is ordered or something that has an arrangement. So when you put on your cosmetics, you're adding arrangement and order to the face that you were born with because it needs attention.
1: Well. I'm glad that I have some minutes in the day to put order to my face.
0: But there's something else important in this verse. Mm -hmm. It describes one who sees his natural face that needs help in a hand mirror. And one thing I really love about this, there is a hand mirror. Then there's a table mirror. And for the really serious, there were even bigger mirrors where you could see more at one time. But when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with us about areas in our life that needs to change, He is so kind, He doesn't put us in front of a great, big, full-length mirror and show us everything at once. Oh, thank God for that. But rather, He zeroes in on one area at a time. He comes with a hand mirror. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to show you something. And bam, there it is. You see it you're confronted with something that is not right. And guess what? The Holy Spirit does not move that mirror until you have corrected what He has shown you. And then when you've corrected that, guess what happens? Whoops! He moves the mirror, and He shows you the next thing. He doesn't show you all your glaring defects at once. He deals with you about your attitude one area at a time, your disobedience one area at a time. He just takes us one step at a time rather than showing us everything that's wrong with us all at once. And it's amazing. You can walk with God for years and years and years and years and years and not become aware of something that's wrong until later because that's when the Holy Spirit's ready to deal with you about something.
1: Or you're ready to hear Him. Or you're
0: ready to hear Him. But the Bible goes on. In verse 24, it says, For he that beholds himself, the word behold means really sees it, really beholds. You're not ignorant about your defects because you looked at it and the the hand mirror was right there. (laughs) You're able to see what needs to change. You've seen it. But then goes his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So here we have a person that's not a disciple the Holy Spirit shows something, they see it, they even acknowledge it, and they probably say, you know what, I need to deal with that. Well, one of these days I'll get around to that, I don't have time for that right now. And they go their way, and when they go their way, they forget, which in this case means they begin to lose their conviction about what they just saw. I'll go back to the example of me losing weight. The Holy Spirit kept saying to me, Rick, you've got to deal with this. You've got to deal with this. You've got to deal with this. You know what I would say every time? Yeah, I know that's true. I know that's true. Bam. Go to the kitchen to get me something. By the time I got to the refrigerator, I forgot about what I had been seeing. Have what I had been seeing. He sees. He beholds. And he goes. The King James says he beholdeth and goeth. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who beholdeth and goeth. Don't let that be you. Don't waste the Holy Spirit's time. If He's showing you something, He is being so kind to you. And He's helping you by just showing you one thing at a time. You don't have to change everything at once. Just deal with what He's dealing with you about. Amen? But hey, then it goes on to say in verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth and he being not a forgetful hearer, But a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. Now the illustration changes. Are you ready for this, Denise? Starts with a man or a woman. They've got a hand mirror. And the hand mirror shows them a glaring area, one defect. That's all they see right now. That's what God is telling them to deal with. Well, this person doesn't behold and go. This person, when he sees that thing that is wrong, he looks into the perfect law of liberty. Now the illustration changes, and it describes a table mirror. This person says, you know what? I don't like what I'm seeing. That's ugly. That needs to change. And this person is so committed that he grabs a table mirror, and he hovers over the table mirror to see the whole picture. He really wants to see what needs to change. So he's gone from the little mirror to the bigger mirror. He is really looking into, looking into, in Greek here, describes a penetrating gaze. He is looking deeply, 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 and the Bible says, into the perfect law of liberty. Well, what do you think it's referring to? It's talking about the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit shows you something, you can behold and go, Or you can say, wow, this is bad. I need to see what the Bible says about this and open your Bible, which is your table mirror, and really penetrate into the Scriptures. See what the Scriptures say. Let the Scriptures begin to read you and expose you. And the Bible here calls the Bible, the Scriptures, the perfect law of liberty. The Bible is not a bondage. It's, first of all, the perfect law. Here we come back to the word disciple. The Word of God to a disciple is not an option. It's a law. You're going to obey it. And the word perfect really is the perfecting law, which means if you'll submit to it, it will perfect you. And it's even the perfect law of...
1: Liberty.
0: Which is the Greek word, the very word, to describe the emancipation of a slave. Just like Abraham Lincoln set all the slaves free with one proclamation. When you submit your life to the Word of God doesn't bind you. It breaks the chains off of you. Now you can look at the defect and run your way, or you can say, wait a minute. If the Holy Spirit's showing this to me, I need to deal with it. Open your table mirror, which is the Bible. Begin to penetrate into the Bible. Say, you know what? This is a perfecting law. I'm going to submit myself to it to obey it fully. And if you will obey it fully, it will set you free sets you free of the defect. And then when you're set free of that one, what happens?
1: Moves to another one. The
0: Holy Spirit moves to another area, and that's okay. Day by day, you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, you're changed even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say, look at it, verse 25, and continueth therein, which means this is not a one-shot deal. You've got to be committed to this for the rest of your life. You're going to be a disciple, a real disciple for the rest of your life. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Notice in this case, it doesn't say a doer of the word. It says a doer of the work. That's very important because for you to do the word, it's work. It'll work you over when you begin to obey the Bible. You've got to be a doer of the work. And the Bible says, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And the word bless is the Greek word makarios, which means filled with laughter and hilarity. Bless the socks off of you. That's really what it means. You know what? Years ago, we had an employee. She was Russian. And she was trying to learn how to use that slang, bless the socks off of you, Denise, do you remember?
1: She was with me. She
0: would tell the people what she said. So
1: I took her to the United States with me, and we walked into Walmart, and she goes, she'd heard me say, that blesses my socks off. And she said, I lost my socks. (laughs) She meant she was blessed.
0: I lost my socks. I
1: lost my socks.
0: (laughs) But the point is, you're going to lose your socks. Yes. You're going to bless the socks off yourself. Let's go back to my illustration. Okay, today, I'm 110 pounds lighter. You think I'd rather be 110 pounds heavier, 110 pounds lighter? It's brought such joy into my life. What a victory it's brought into my life. Changed my life, prolonged my life. Praying for you if you need to lose weight, you can do it. You can do it. Any chemical addiction anything that's binding you, if you look into the Word of God and just make a decision to quit hearing it and start doing it, huh, it's work. You've got to be a doer of the work. It is work. You'll be blessed, filled with laughter and hilarity, blessed, the socks off of you because you submitted to it. You know, a lot of people say, God, please do this. God, please do this. God, please do this. God, please do this. God's just waiting on you. God's actually already done it all. He's even told you what to do in the Bible. You're asking God to do something when Jesus did everything at the cross, told you everything to do in the Bible. We really make things more complicated than it is. And if the Holy Spirit has put that mirror up there, and he's shown you one area, that's the only one you need to be concerned about right now. You say, well, I know I have more. That's great. We all have more. You need to deal with the one that he's dealing with you about. And rather than run your way and forget and lose your conviction, you need to hover over your Bible till you get the answer and submit to whatever it tells you to do. It is a perfecting law that will emancipate you. It will totally break the shackles off of you. And then he'll move the mirror To change you in another area. Denise?
1: Well, because he's conforming us into the image of Jesus. That's what it's all about. And the Holy Spirit's doing that work. And and what we're doing is we're agreeing with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit, I agree. (coughs) Let's do this. And now I want to tell you something, though. The flesh is going to be against this.
0: Are you sure?
1: Yes. And the devil, he doesn't want you to take that ground. So that's why we have to say, Holy Spirit, help me.
0: And he will help.
1: And he will help.
0: He responds to that He word comes help. to help. By the way, we are offering you today the last time the free download, Foundations of Faith at renner.org. If you need prayer, please write us, prayer at renner.org. We love you. Go to bed. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Wow, wasn't that a great teaching? My friends, I want to ask you to please like, subscribe, and comment on that video you just watched so more people can see it.